0: You are listening to First Church Charlotte. Greetings, everyone. My name is Nathan. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for watching. It is my honor to lead an amazing group of people at First Church Charlotte. We are looking forward to Easter. We are seeing it approach quickly across to our calendar pages. And Easter is one of the most beautiful days of sacred memory in the whole of the Christian uh, year. Uh, we think on that day intentionally. We gather on that day intentionally. And we, not just in a casual way, we, we casually remember um, every moment we think about the resurrection of the Lord. But on this day, it is a formalized day of remembrance and worship. Um, I think we err when we treat it like just another uh, Saturday another Sunday, another weekend, another vacation. Um, I think we would be much served to make it, make it holy unto the Lord as, as much as we can, make it a hallowed day, a high holy day. To be honest, uh, there are some traditional churches that do uh, a better job, or maybe we should say a more intentional job, of making that day hallowed. And they have all begun their season of Lent, they call it, where for several weeks before uh, Easter Sunday, they, they reflect, they humble themselves, they pray, they fast uh, to prepare them for a day of sacred memory. Um, sometimes I'm afraid that we are uh, uh, too casual with it. We, we aren't really from that traditional church uh, inheritance that many congregations are. Uh, we're not against them. We don't consider them our enemies in any way. But it's not really the tradition we're from. And uh, we are uh, more, shall you say, uh, more of the apostolic, more spirit field. Um, and we are not quite as as intentional in, in the making of a sacred day. Um, and I think we lose something for that. And I've been reflecting a, lo- a lot about that, just how it would help us to treat that day uh, where we formally and we intentionally remember, celebrate, and worship uh, the day of, on the day of resurrection. And so I, in my thoughts and in my consideration of this, I've been kind of going back through the the story, the passion of the Lord, how it all happened, how um, he went from being an itinerant teacher, wa- wandering the countryside, people coming out to, to listen and uh, hear and consider. Um, his meetings were not tent revivals. Uh, there's nothing wrong with tent revivals. They're fun. They're good. They raise enthusiasm, uh, but that's not what Jesus' meetings were like. Um, when we host a, a healing revival, um, it has a certain feel. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, you know, you see a church advertising a weekend of the supernatural. That's not really what Jesus did. Um, he, he was first a teacher uh, of the things of God. Um, he didn't simply repeat what the people had received in the law of Moses. He deepened it. He took that Law and made it a beginning and not an end. Do you see? It's not that he did away with it. Um, he made it a beginning and not an end. Uh, one of the best introductions to this is the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus really—it's not about you know—are we going to be uh, religiously observant or are we going to be unbeliever? That's not what the Sermon on the Mount is about. It's really about contrasting the way they know, which is the way of the scribes, the way of the Pharisees, um, the religious leaders of the day, the Sanhedrin council. It's contrasting that, what they think of as right, religiously observant uh, ways of being and living, contrasting that with a higher call, Uh, deeper way, and so you'll find Jesus repeatedly saying things like, you have heard, you've been taught, this is what you know, but I would say to you that, and then he goes into the deeper way, so how he came from that kind of a communicator of God to start being perceived as more than just a teacher, but perceived as the son of God. Now the group who saw him as a teacher was quite large. The group who saw him as the son of God was quite small. Do you see? That revelation is so fundamental that there's a point in the gospels where Jesus puts it to his disciples. Who do men say that I am? And whom do you say that I am? And Peter in his bold leading way you know, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And What does Jesus say? He says, look, this isn't just you, Peter. This isn't just you getting lucky, <laughs> coming up with a good idea. Um, this revelation is going to be the rock upon which this kingdom is built. This understanding, this insight that you have spoken, Peter, it's going to be the rock that everything is built upon. This coming church age, if he were to say, uh, if you'll allow me to say it like that. Everything that's going to happen in the next 2,000 years, it's all built on this revolution, revelation and revolution, that I'm not just a teacher. I'm not just a, a faith healer. Lots of people see me as that, and that's all they'll ever get from me is a blessing of a moment, a gift of physical or spiritual healing. There's more. You have to see... I am God in the flesh. And so when Christ goes to Calvary, if you see him as a teacher, it's a sad story. If you see him as the son of God, it's a story of victory. If you're a part of the people who see him as, oh, he was a great man, great teacher. He had miracles at his touch. Then Calvary to you is the end of an era. <laughs> it's a broken-hearted reality. It's Another sad story on a stack of human history, which is a stack of sad stories. Um, but if you see him as the son of God, it's no longer an end, but it's a beginning. And so it is in your life. So it is in my life. If Christ is a philosophical speaker or a philosophical figurehead or a great man of history, uh, then The end, as I would know it, I get sick, I pass away, that is my end. But if I see Christ as the Son of God, then all my endings are transformed into beginnings. Now, this is worth celebrating, my friends. (laughs) This is worth taking a day on your 52 Sundays of the year, so to speak, and say, we're going to intentionally remember that all my endings have been made into new beginnings. Why? Because Christ was not just a faith healer, not just a teacher. That changes Calvary. That changes everything he's going through. That even changes the why. Why is he doing this? That shows us the heart of God, that he would Take upon our visage, walk in our flesh, overshadow Mary, his son, Jesus born, his son, walk among uh, humanity and that overshadowed flesh, that divine flesh, that anointed one who in the same manner that Adam rebelled and chose his own way, the tree of the of, of the, the, the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. It's a mouthful. He chose that for himself. Christ is going to submit himself. Not my will, thy will be done. And just as that rebellion created a lot of trouble for all the children of Adam, <laughs> all the children of Eve, this submission of the divine flesh this submission of the man Christ Jesus is going to create a solution for it all. And this is worth celebrating. This is worth saying to your family, uh, Easter is not just a, a day where I, you know, that's my spring break, so I'm gonna miss it. <laughs> it's not just a, a casual day. And I don't think it's even enough for us to say, oh, well, I celebrate all the time. Okay, yeah, I get it. but. We miss something, I think, profound. And this year, I wanna do a more, how shall I say this? I wanna be more intentional. I wanna be more cognizant. I wanna be more reflective. I wanna be more thoughtful. That's a word salad I just gave you there. <laughs> I wanna put it in the front of my mind, not the back of my mind. And I want to realize that because of what God has done, all my endings, Have been in some way transformed. And they are all through Christ now beginnings. This is the case with everything Jesus touched. Everything. The law seemingly is at its end. But Jesus turns it into a beginning. Do you understand? Uh, The sins of the flesh, the way of rebellious, the rebellious hearts of all of us it seems like it's at an end. In fact, it seems so much like it is at the end that right before Christ is four centuries of not one anointed prophet, not one mouthpiece of God. It seems as though we are at an end. And yes, God has not, has promised not to destroy the world in the manner of the flood, Uh, but it seems as though we're at an end. And then Christ is born and guess what? It's not the end. That end has been transformed into a new beginning. And so here we all are, imperfect, weak, fragile, all of us needing help, all of us needing a hope, and not just the kind of, you know, hope that you put on Facebook and pretend all is well when really you're, you know, talking yourself all off of all the ledges in your life. Not that kind of hope. The kind of hope that walks with you, the kind of hope that's in your smile, not just a uh, a lecture you give your kids. Oh, I know about that. (laughs) It's in you. It's in your eyes. And it's not faked. It's in you. It's that kind of hope. And you carry that with you. And it becomes not simply a habit. It becomes an identity. It's who you are. In other words, you're not trying anymore. You have so built your life on the foundation of God's promise that hope is you don't have to think about it. It's It has been integrated into you. Christ turns all endings into a new beginning. So where is death in your life? Where is death in your life? Where is sadness in your life? What is the end for you? Uh, we all of us go through things that are, are heartbreaking. We go through tragedies. Uh, we, we, we go through times where we don't have a job, we're laid off, um, where we're miserable, and if we're not careful, those times mark us and we carry those times, not the promises of God, that's what we carry, our survivorship, that's what we carry. Um, Those lessons should be formative, yes, but they should not be your fate. They should be formative, but they should not be your fate because Christ took all those lessons They felt like endings. And he transformed them into new beginnings. And this is what the whole kingdom of God is built upon. You've got to see this, disciples. I know crowds are following us. I'm not asking them this question. I'm asking you this question. They see me as a healer, Jesus perhaps could say. They see me as a teacher. That's how they see me. How do you see me? Because without that realization, all I ever am, I'm speaking in the words of the Lord Jesus Christ as interpreted by this moment in my own thoughts. But it's as though he says, you have to get beyond fishes and loaves and you have to see me as the son of the living God. Who do men say that I am? Some say you're this prophet, that prophet. Who do you say I am? Thou art the Christ, the Son, of the living God. All right, full disclosure, uh, none of that was in my notes. I was gonna talk about the darkness and the lessons, the darkness that came upon (laughs) the whole earth as Christ was dying. And that's what I was gonna talk about, but I got sidetracked. So I guess this means I finally learned how to preach to a camera and forget that it's just a lot of contraption up there. Anyway, love you guys. If you're kind of new to our church, um, we'd love to host you. Uh, come by on a Sunday. Almost every Sunday I'm out front, if not myself, uh, which is probably 85-90% of the time. Our pastoral team will be out front. We'll welcome you when you come in. Uh, take a chance. Come out of the COVID cave. If you if you're ready, if you're ready. We love you. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast.